This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. And, uh, you know, just uh, picking up on our uh, the last topic, we were discussing your big uh, homecoming parade this yeah. weekend. Friday, tomorrow night. Yeah. And I, I don't want it to rain on my parade. There might be a chance of rain. And so I... so let me just understand. It's going to be homecoming queens from Hersey. Since 1969. Yeah. They're going to put us in, in decades. They're going to separate us and put us in the back of pickup trucks as we... Uh, sachet around the field and wave to people that aren't going to wave back to us. Sure. I mean, I don't want to... What? You know... This is a big honor. I, yeah, and, and I don't want to put negative thoughts in your head about it, but I also don't want you to be ambushed. And Maybe. my concern is that when, say, the homecoming queens of the 1980s see the homecoming queens of the 2000s... Yeah? What? You know, maybe you can feel a little bit bad about yourselves. <laughs> That is so mean. Hey, we represent. I'll see. I'll see how Krista Thyreen no, looks I, like. And I, I, I apologize. Jenny Anderson. I'll, I'll check uh, the ladies. I apologize. This, look. Um, Wendy Speck will be there. Kamala Harris is uh, made it very clear. She's got a message for people like me and uh, you other deplorables, the President of the United States, when it comes to making fun of former homecoming queens or sexual abuser accusers. What would you have said to President Trump about his his mocking of that very memory at uh, his campaign rally last night in Mississippi? Stop being mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you want to call a conservative judge a rapist without foundation, you want to harass people in restaurants and public places of accommodation who you disagree with, that's fine. Yeah. But stop being mean. This is where the Democrats are now as Kavanaugh has boomeranged on them. Uh, gone is the uh, assertion of sexual abuse. Gone really is even the drinky drink, the drinking uh, allegations surrounding his teenage and early uh, informative years in college. It's now all about um, temperament and uh, credibility. Generally, generally credibility, temperament, specifically because he had a couple of sharp exchanges with dainty senators on the Judiciary Committee. And don't believe me, believe Senator T-Bone Booker. So my hope is that just beyond the vicious partisan rancor that is going on, beyond the accusations, we don't lose sight of what this moral moment is about in this country and ultimately ask ourselves the question, is this the right person to sit on the highest court in the land for a lifetime appointment when their credibility has been challenged by intimates, people that knew the candidate well as a classmate, when his temperament has been revealed in an emotional moment where he used language that, that frankly shocked a lot of us, oh, and then ultimately, not whether he's innocent or guilty, this is not a trial, but ultimately, has enough questions be raised that we should not move on to another candidate. And that long list put together by the Heritage Foundation and the Federalist Society, move on to another candidate. Because yeah, let's move on. we got to get a new nominee. Not, I, I, I found his uh, statement, not whether he's innocent or guilty. Right. 
They don't have any corroboration for Ms. Ford's testimony. The others are even less credible. Uh, Deborah Ramirez, unwilling to come forward in any public way. Julie Swetnick, we've discussed her in some detail. Mm -hmm. So what are they left with? Uh, he had sharp exchanges with Sheldon Whitehouse or Amy Klobuchar, and uh, some people at college said one thing and other people at the college said another thing, so his credibility is somehow in question. Could seven, 650 law professors be wrong? For more on this topic, we're pleased to be joined by Steve Cortez, CNN political commentator, Trump Hispanic Advisory Council. Steve, thanks for joining us. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Thanks for having me. So uh, the, um, the temperature on the Hill it seems to be uh, McConnell and uh, Senate Republicans pretty confident that uh, Kavanaugh is going to be confirmed. You know, yeah, I, I think so. And, and by the way, to your comment about could, uh, I guess, whatever it was, 650 law professors be wrong. Um, you know, I, I hearken back to William F. Buckley. One of the most brilliant things he ever said, among many brilliant things he said, yeah. uh, was when he said that he would rather be governed by the first 200 people in the Boston phone book rather than the faculty of Harvard. Uh, I echo that statement. And uh, there's a lot of common sense, I think, in the people of the United States and the academic and, uh, and media and political intelligentsia, I think, are aghast at well, this nomination. Well, but the people, yeah. I think, see better, and, and that is a good thing, and that's, I think, why he's going to ultimately be confirmed. Well, and it also speaks to fairness, I mean, so uh, which is why the Democrats are losing this and losing this badly, and, and the enthusiasm gap between Democrats and Republicans for November 6th is shrinking, and it's all because of this. We're supposed to discount everybody who knows Brett Kavanaugh personally for four decades, everybody who's worked with him for um, extended periods of time. We're supposed to discount all those women, but we're supposed to place a lot of credibility in 650 law professors who opposed Kavanaugh's nomination at its outset before any allegations were made on ideological grounds and who know nothing of any of the accusations we're talking about. That's supposed to be given real consideration and everybody who knows Kavanaugh rallying to defense is supposed to be dismissed out of hand. And people look at this and say, this guy's getting railroaded. Right. You know, and listen, I, I think for our society, this is an important question, right? You know, how do we approach these difficult issues? And it is a difficult issue, right? And to me, it, it's actually relatively simple though. The approach is accusers should always be respected. They, they should be, and they should be taken seriously. The accused should always be given the presumption of innocence um, and should be treated fairly. And I think if we do that in every case, most of the time we'll arrive at the right place at the right conclusion. Um, and in this case, in this case, I believe that the uh, accuser, primarily Professor Ford, was treated incredibly respectfully. Mm -hmm. um, I actually disagree with the president. I didn't think that was a good move for him to directly address her at the rally. Um, I, I, I prefer that he didn't do that. I said that on CNN. I think that was a mistake. Uh, however, the Senate, I think, treated her very respectfully, listened to her uh, very, very carefully. Uh, but I also then asked for the same treatment to the judge, uh, that Judge Kavanaugh be uh, treated with fairness and be granted the presumption of innocence, which is a bedrock principle of not just our courts but of our society if we're to be a just society. And I think if you approach it from that uh, standpoint, there's really no way you can say this man isn't incredibly qualified to sit in the Supreme Court. But uh, let's go back to President Trump when he did mock Christine Ford. Uh, to me, it's not affecting Kavanaugh so much as it would affect the midterm elections, that it would motivate some, you know, Democrats who've been sitting on their hands to get out and vote. 
Yeah. Well, exactly. And Amy, I think that's one of the reasons it was it was a, a poor decision by the president. And, you, you know, I normally defend the president, you know, the vast majority of the time. Uh, but he makes mistakes. I think that was a mistake. Uh, and I also think that it was a mistake, uh, you know, ethically. But I also think it was a mistake politically, as you're mentioning, because, number one, I think the nomination is, is accelerating. I think, you know, the, the momentum is in favor of Kavanaugh getting confirmed. So sort of don't step on that. Don't get in front of that message. Yeah. Uh, but number two, I think Republicans and, and independents who are at least, you know, open-minded about the president are actually rallying in the president because they see how reprehensibly the Democrats are acting, particularly Senator Feinstein. Um, and so I would say, once again, don't, don't get in front of that. Don't, don't step on that uh, momentum. And I think, by the way, that, that our best message for the next month as we head into the midterms is to highlight for the American people what you saw with that Senate Judiciary Committee. Um, if you believe it was a circus, if you believe that it was reprehensible, and I think any fair person will say it was, uh, that was a dress rehearsal for impeachment. And if we give the Democrats the House of Representatives, they will impeach this president, and he will be on trial in front of those very same people, in front of Senators Leahy and Booker um, and Coons and Kamala Harris and Senator Feinstein. And if you think that's a good idea for this country, um, then fine, you know, sit out this election. But if you don't think that's a good idea, then you've got to step up and vote for Republicans and make sure that we keep the House so that we don't go through that national nonsense, uh, because it will be what just happened with Kavanaugh writ large. And Trump will be on trial. It may, not Judge Kavanaugh. it may be Trump and Judge Kavanaugh. They, you, uh, you, you could see them move on Judge Kavanaugh to impeach him from the Supreme Court if he's confirmed too. I mean, don't put anything past them when you're talking about uh, the cultural Marxists, uh, the resistance. So um, it's absolutely correct. And I think the fairness argument that I sort of alluded to earlier that this guy is just being treated unfairly, uh, decrypting. Uh, yearbook uh, scrawls and talking about uh, how many times he drank uh, during a weekend at, at, as a freshman at Yale, just fi- I think fine. It strikes most people as ridiculous because you know they've actually lived lives and they've been teenagers and, and young people in college at one point too. And the idea of holding somebody's professional advancement up uh, on that basis with nothing more strikes them. I, I I think most people as a little bit silly, and and it should. Right. No, 100 percent, Dan. And, you know, here's the thing. Let, let's just be honest. What's this really about with the Supreme Court? I think it's about abortion and nothing else. I really do. This is about Roe v. Wade. And the Democrats, instead of trying to persuade the people that their position is correct, right, that, that abortion all the way until the day of birth, which is legal in, in states in this country, Oregon being one of them, I think there's seven states total, instead of trying to convince the people that that's the correct policy, they want to rely on five unelected justices to uh, to enforce their view rather than persuade the people. Um, and because of that, that's why they're going to the mat on this issue. And I, I, they'll never admit it. They'll never be honest about it. But I, I really believe that at the end of the day, that is what this is about. They are so totally fearful that for decades they've been able to essentially hide behind the tyranny of the court. And it is a tyranny, by the way, when they when they usurp the democratic process and don't allow the people to decide. Instead, they decide and legislate from the bench um, and, and, and determine the most important cultural issues of our day, things like when does life begin? What is a, what constitutes a marriage? Um, those questions uh, have been really robbed from the people. The idea that those questions could be returned to the people and that federalism might actually work and that Alabama will probably arrive at a very different place than Oregon. Um, on these critical 
issues, uh, cultural issues, that uh, it, it strikes fear in their hearts so deeply um, that that's why they're reacting this way. And what I believe ultimately will be great for our society is returning that power to the people, uh, respecting the Constitution, and ultimately deciding these issues in a, in a reasonable way, in a, in a democratic, small-D way that we're supposed to, that our founding fathers envisioned. He is Steve Cortez, CNN political commentator and Trump Hispanic Advisory Council president. Uh, Steve, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. There's only one radio show in Chicago talking about today's biggest stories and telling you what they really mean. That show is this one. Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. The following.